Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the latest Royal Roundup from Talk TV. So pop the kettle on. This is the Royal Tea. I'm Afia Hagen. Coming up today, Prince William vows to go a step further than his family and bring real change. Did the King remove Harry and Meghan's security to keep the couple under control? Plus, we look ahead to Omid Scobie's new book, Endgame, as he promises a penetrating investigation into the current state of the British monarchy. Now, joining me to discuss all of that and much, much more are Newsweek's Chief Royal Correspondent Jack Royston and the Evening Standard's Royal Editor, Robert Jobson. Hello, nice to see you. Hi. Now, Prince William said the climate crisis has become too visible to be ignored as he revealed the five Ashot Prize winners in Singapore this week. A successful Ashot, do you reckon, Jack? Tell us. I think he'll be pretty happy with a lot of it. There were some great winners. You know, there was one which was about electric cars, electric car batteries, making them more environmentally friendly. I love that. I drive a hybrid, so that's great for me. Uh, very much on the team there. I think he might have got slightly less coverage than he was hoping for back in Britain due to the state opening of Parliament, which I'm sure we can talk about a bit later. But I mm. think he would have wanted to get some really good solid front pages, ideally. Um, so he might have hoped for a little bit more. But he then gave this very important interview to the journalists who were out there afterwards. And I think that was a big part of where the action actually wound up being. But one more point on Earthshot. I thought he was there with uh, Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso, who I thought looked incredible. She wore this she kind does. of strapless green yeah. gown. It was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, Hannah just looks great in everything. Um, but do you think, Robert Jobson, that we saw... Prince William in his element without Catherine. She was at home uh, looking after the kids, but he really did seem to be in his element and gave that very revealing interview, like Jack said. I thought it was a bit of a brush by it, to be honest. But um, I thought I was with him in uh, New York where he was there for drumming up the cash, which is what it was all about. And he was putting himself out there, you know, going halfway up to his waist in the in the uh, the Hudson and, mm-hmm. and doing all the things, mingling with the high rollers, the big billionaires. And that was where the money comes from, from Earthshot. Um, yeah, look, I think Earthshot's fantastic. I think, you know, he's he's um, adopted a brilliant... the role of JFK with that speech, saying he's going to take 10 years to put a man on the moon. Well, hopefully, with a bit of luck, William would have made a great difference in that 10 years with Earthshot. And I think he deserves great plaudits. 
I think the, the papers are going to be going to be carried away, you know, because I mean, he's not the first person to. Well, I mean, he's sort of the speech is a little bit similar to JFK's, but he's not the first person to do this. Prince Charles, the King, was the first real royal to be so far ahead of his time, and in fact, even before him, Prince Philip. So, yeah, it's great what he's doing, and it's great that he's getting big business involved. I'm still a little, you know, I think it's fantastic, Rose Shop, but some of these businesses, because I've been right close to them, you know, they're not startup businesses. These are some of the businesses that have been going for a few years with 30 or 40 employees. So a million pound is an injection. I hope that when we get the reflection at the end that we don't say all of these things were created by William, which is a way that could be reported, because he's enhanced what was already going on. And that's great, but we should just keep it in perspective. And also, think... particularly when he had delivery of a, uh, an Aston Martin, you know, he's not mm. the same as you driving a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing that's interesting about it is the fact that it's got, it, like, part of this, I think, is actually a PR campaign on green issues. So mm. especially the electric car stuff, you know, I was having a conversation with my mechanic the other day who says, oh, you know, electric cars, what a waste of time. But through, uh, through these kind of projects, William can actually, like, effectively advertise the fact that even mm. the green technology can get even greener. So I think that's a big part of it. Well, and, and I think really that... London is a problem, though, because, you know, unless you've got a driveway, you can't have your own thing, you've got all the... And so it's a problem. I, it's I dangle as... my cable off the branch Yeah, but you are a proper <laughs> devotee. But, but isn't this about... You know, we talked in the interview that he gave with journalists that he wants to Brush affect... Brushback. I'm going to call it an interview <laughs> that he did with journalists, that he talked about affecting real change and being able to, to make a difference more so than his family has. And isn't Earthshot a part of that? More than his he family. He did say more yeah, than his family. Which I think we'll ruffle uh, feathers with Charles, actually. Well, I, I, I don't think that's fair. He said well, he went further than fair? that. Well, He's... I just think it's just... I mean, number one, the King has been doing this since 1969. Mm. So to get to, get to the achievement that, that he's... To, to do what he has done, to actually affect real change, to get people around the table of what the king has done, is, is far more than what I would see as a much, pretty much a marketing campaign to you know, make sure William's out there doing something that he's allowed to do within the constitutional bounds of the monarchy. Now, the, the reality is it's wrong to... I mean, I think that, yeah, will it ruffle Charles's feathers? I think he's got enough on his plate, but, I mean, it's not mm. really right to say... He's doing more than anybody because it's just not true. Well, he did. He did more than just say he was going to go further. He what said was the quote? it's great. He, he said it's great that people go and kind of shine a spotlight on projects and turn up and you know appear for charity, but he wants to go one step further and affect he real change. To. He wants He's to. He's talking yeah. not just about Earthshot. He was actually talking about homelessness as well, and yeah. he was saying he wants yeah, to build that. the homes. Yeah, but I mean, there but will still be homeless people in the streets of London. There will be homeless people time. in the streets of, of, of London. But what's really interesting about it is that he's. Start, William and Kate are starting to get more and more political. They're starting to move into areas mm -hmm. that we associate with what the government do. So yeah. Kate's got her kind of shaping short start us. revamp yeah. shaping us campaign. And now William's yeah, talking about building they're not houses. They're not partisan. They're not partisan. And but that's enough. It. That's enough. But then you've got Suella Braverman saying that giving out tents to homeless yeah, people it's a lifestyle is a choice. lifestyle mm. choice. And, and they're in, they <laughs> are in direct conflict with the government. So, no, like but, you yeah, said, but, they but, are but they're in direct Look back in history when the Prince of Wales was uh, was starting out as Prince of Wales. He was in, you know, he was talking about inner city issues, mm. which is in direct conflict with Maggie Thatcher. You're talking about Prince. You're talking about King the old, Charles. Yeah, King when, he was, when he was when he was Prince yeah. of Wales starting out. Yeah. We talked about inner cities, and there was a massive clashes going on. But the Prince of Wales's job, the end of the throne, is a different job mm. to that of King as a constitutional monarch. And that's I hear what you say, but I don't think anybody, whether you're Labour, Liberal, or, or Tory 
would say, oh, it's good to have uh, homelessness, or it was good to have, we, we don't want to save the planet. So they're not really partisan issues. Well, they're staying busy, and that much is <laughs> true. Well, The Sun's royal editor, Matt Wilkinson, was out in Singapore. Let's hear what he told Talk TV about the Prince of Wales's trip. So William held his third Earthshot Awards here in Singapore. It's the first time that he's held them outside of uh, the United States and Great Britain. He wanted to make this awards global. It's a scheme that's paying £1 million to five winners in five different categories every year for 10 years. And these, look, these, these groups, they come from all around the world. So he's brought Earthshot Prize to Singapore. He's tapped into some of the local innovation here, some of the skills, some of the technology. Um, and he's brought together the 15 finalists um, for a big workshop week where they got to meet together, meet financiers, trade tips and secrets. And his whole aim for this was to not just concentrate on, on, on the British side of things and the American side of things, but really spread it around the globe, get more people interested into this project that, that his aides have described uh, as his Super Bowl moment. Um, every year he's going to have these, this big prize giving. And I was there at the, uh, the theatre last night. It was very thrilling. It was very exciting. We had uh, David Attenborough made a video appearance. We had uh, music from uh, Bastille and One Republic, and, and William made a very heartfelt speech. The important thing about Earthshot Prize this year, it did lack a little bit of the glamour. Uh, we had no Princess of Wales, we had no David Beckham, we had no Joe Biden, for instance, that we have had in, in recent years. But it was about the projects, it was about the optimism, and all the focus was on these innovative projects from around the world and how they were actually setting out to put their projects uh in, in into into work into so that they can combat climate change so it's very much a focus more on these good causes that are now getting the the one million pounds rather than uh be distracted with uh with, with, with many celebrities thanks to matt in singapore and you can hear the rest of that interview on the talk tv youtube page meanwhile harry and megan caused a star after taking a private jet to las vegas for a Katy Perry concert. Now, is the criticism fair given their stance on the environment, Jack? You know, Harry ha is part of a, a green tourism company. They've talked a lot about green issues. They took a private jet to see Katy Perry. Took a private jet a couple of weeks ago as well to go on holiday. Is it fair that they are getting criticism for this? It's fine for people to criticise them for it. I think part of what they got out of this particular private jet ride was as much the fact that they actually shared it with some A-list celebrities like Cameron Diaz, which I think they will have loved this journey as much for that positioning as for the fact that they got to travel in, you know, in the lap of luxury. Uh, but it is always fair to draw attention to the way that people choose to live their lives at the same time as telling, you know, telling the rest of the world how we should do things. Mm. It, it actually the bit where Harry tells us to be more green is the good bit and the bit where he tells he flies by private jet is the bad bit so yeah. I'm absolutely not in favor of people saying that he should stop talking about the environment it's important to talk about the environment he probably should have flown commercial but if he had flown commercial he wouldn't have him and Megan wouldn't have been photographed you know saying hello on the runway with Cameron Diaz and all of those kinds of things which yeah. was good for their brands that's true um Robert what do you think is the criticism fair um, well, it's rank hypocrisy. That's what it is. I mean, but um, look, I, I agree with Jack. Actually, that whilst he's talking about environment, that's great, helping to save the planet. But don't lecture people on the planet if you're going to 
jump in a private jet every five minutes because it doesn't wash. People look at it and think, well, you know, you'd be, you know, do what I do what I say, not what I do. Mm. And so it's hypocrisy. Well, back here in the UK, King Charles delivered his first King's speech since becoming monarch at the opening of Parliament. He travelled through the streets of London, not in a private jet, but in the Diamond Jubilee stagecoach, in a ceremony going back centuries. Jack, what did you make of this speech? Now, this is his first speech as the monarch. He did give one last year in place of his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, who wasn't and well. last year you could really see the emotion mm. on his face, I think. He looked very moved. I think he knew the significance of what he was doing because this is a constitutional function when it's state opening apartments. You know, all the charity visits and those kinds of jobs are fantastic, but they're not part of the constitutional function of the monarch. So for Charles to have replaced Elizabeth had huge gravity a year ago, and I think Charles would have relived this year all the emotions he felt back then. Mm -hmm. He also, though, had to announce the government's legislative agenda. Now, he didn't write the speech, the government wrote it. And that meant he had to announce things that we know he's not in favour of. Absolutely. Like the rolling back of net zero and drilling for more oil around Britain in, in the North Sea. And there was just a flicker of a moment of hesitation and a pause, and I think he swallowed uh, halfway through mm. that announcement, swallowing Wanted his feelings, swallow perhaps. the policies <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, he kind of kept his uh, emotions and his views to himself. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think he will see it as having been a big success. Now, Robert, what do we make of the fact that this was a huge diary clash with Prince William being in Singapore for the Ashok Prize? We know the state opening of Parliament or this particular speech isn't actually usually this time of year because we've had a revolving door of prime ministers it was pushed to november but prince william many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Not being there, the heir not being there when he was there last year to support his father, it's a big I mean, deal. Well, you don't really need him there. I mean, you got the Queen to support him. Uh, so, but you know, I think this, they've got to get the grid right. This is what I'm thinking. I'm seeing it more and more. There were clashes while they were up in Scotland, William and Kate, mm. while the King was in Kenya, and they knew about that. So, get the grid right. Otherwise, you're going to get clashes, and the the the, the amount of um, coverage that they're after 
you know, it's not going to happen because mm. you, it's going to be focused on Kate. I mean, I know that Kate's at home helping little George get through his maths exam that he probably doesn't have to pass anyway, but <laughs> the reality is, the reality is, um, if you want to go to Eton, you probably go. Um, but the reality, and that is fair because Harry yeah. got in, but yeah. the, the, the reality <laughs> is, <laughs> well, it's true, he got in with a B and a D. Are you telling me that that wasn't because of who he was? Come on. Um, I think that um, it was important for William that the Earthshot Prize didn't have Kate there because it would have all been about was she wearing a green dress or mm. what, and all about her. Now, she's done it twice and the, the world and his wife were there. This time it was about him. And I've noticed that in New York. It, he was really putting on a show that was about his agenda, his solo agenda, and he wanted to really focus on the issues. He had mm -hmm. bilaterals as well. Mm -hmm. But he, when he was with the money men, you know, he dropped the line about, I went for a jog in Central Park, which was quite a good line. It should have been filmed and it would have been all over our channels. But it was great stuff. But it was about him. And at no stage did it mention Kate. Now, I'm not saying he's trying to... There's a competition there, but it's us that create that, the media. Yeah. And I we would have created a, all about... It, it, it wouldn't have been William on the front page. If Kate had been well, there, it would have been Kate. Mm. It, it wasn't William on the front page. He got gazumped off the front page. Well, Charles, she would have been on the front page. I think the, ki yeah. the king would, would, would be happy. Well, then that would have been a problem, wouldn't it? Because would it, if it's William and Charles, you pick the king in his crown, because mm -hmm. it's the first time we saw him mm -hmm. since the coronation wearing the crown. Yeah. Different crown, but mm -hmm. it was a crown. But if Kate had been the, in, Singapore, in Singapore, some of the tabloids, without a doubt, would have just said, oh, well, do we want him with the crown? Or do we want her in a green dress? Mm. I would have loved to see Kate out there. I think it would have it would have got more coverage if she'd been there. And I, I think, think so. that yeah, I think it's a benefit to William that she gets. Yeah. You but know, not necessarily to monarchy, you know, because then we're talking about. But it's a benefit to the project, and the project lifts William. Yeah, but that's because you drive one of those cars. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you do. They're like I'm driving a toy car. <laughs> it's an SUV. <laughs> It's not a toy car, it's a real car. Well, it's... Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's an SUV, it's an Outlander, it's a fishy Outlander. Have you ever run out of juice? It's got, it's got petrol engine as well, it does both. Ah, I see, it's, it's, it's a marketing tool. What? No, it's not. Oh, we'll, talk, we'll talk off it. Yeah. Well, it's been reported that King Charles removed Harry and Meghan's personal security in the UK in an attempt to keep them under control. Now, could it be true that the royal family were concerned about the coverage Harry and Meghan would get, even though they were non-working royals? Robert, do you think that's a concern? Well, he doesn't pick who has the royal protection. It's, it's a decision taken by the... Commissioner of Police of Scotland Yard. So whoever reported that is talking nonsense. Hmm. So the it's RAVEC, yeah, it's RAVEC, which is a committee of the Home Office, and it does have household members sitting on it. And Harry has been on this kind of legal quest to try to find out exactly how much of a role they might have played. But this okay. is clearly someone's take on it, and we don't know whose it is. Ultimately, I mean, it was a, hu ultimately, a the huge tick, story. Ultimately, the tick comes from the Commissioner of Police. Mm. Well, but this was a huge story that Byline Times did. You know, they, they, it was it was a really in depth. Peace. Mm. Let me tell you one thing, though, which is that we know perfectly well when the relationship between Harry, Meghan and the family broke down. And it was in 2018, two years earlier. And the removal of the police protection detail and the ending of the kind of half-in, half-out system that Harry and Meghan wanted was an absolute inevitability. It was, it was destined to happen. They knew that, and too. If it, yeah, and if it, you know, if it hadn't happened, there's stuff that they were doing that just didn't fit with it. Like, they wanted, for example, to comment on the US election, which actually, you know, a lot of people criticised them for. I was happy for them to do it. I just mm. don't think you can do it if you're half and half out. Mm. You know, you've got to cut the umbilical cord and be fully out uh, if you're Jack's absolutely right. You know, it's, it's typical Harry and Meghan. It's 
you know, when you cake and eat it. Ultimately, the protection is the most expensive part. I mean, I still think he should have protection. I personally do, because he was born a prince. Um, mm -hmm. He is a legitimate target as far as these evil people, terrorists are concerned. He served on the front line, which I mean, he made some comments there that were less than wise. And uh, it wasn't his fault he was born a prince. Therefore, in my opinion, I'm not saying it should necessarily be extended to extended to um, uh, Meghan and, and the children. But as far as I'm concerned, he wasn't his fault he was born a prince. Let me tell you one and thing, And he should though. be guarded by Scotland Yard um, uh, for the duration of his life. Let me tell you one thing, though, which is that the one part of the problem here is the police are not providing the basic service to ordinary people, and he wants That's the platinum true. range. Mm. You know, and this Whoa. is the, the police have been underfunded for years upon years upon years now, and you've got ordinary people being told to yeah, gather evidence ex, when they've ex been victims of crime. Who know who they are have got protection. But MPs who have had two of their number murdered don't have round-the-clock coverage by arms. No, but they never have. But when he was born a prince, he was born a, a prince through no fault of his own, and, and, you know, the royal family should be protected because that's one hell of a story, one hell of a story, uh, if they're attacked by the terrorists. We live in a very dangerous world. Can I ask, Robert, you know, you said there that you think Harry should have the protection for the duration of his life, but you're not sure it should extend to Meghan and children. Can I ask why? Because they, as, as being part of Harry's well, family, I, only, aren't only, they only a target they, as well? Because they chose to, uh, to be working role, or Meghan chose to be a working role um, very early on, so she's never really experienced it. And I think at that stage... Um, Harry would have to put his hand in his pocket. Remember, he, invent, he inherited over 20 million quid from his mother. He's had many, many handouts from his father and they've done some pretty big deals. I think he should get it. But, I mean, I think they should be, to an extent, limited. And I think it's mainly because of his armed services record and that, that, that gives him what, what a terrorist would term he's a legitimate target. That's why. No other reason. That no, because they shouldn't have it because they live in LA or whatever, or what you know. But the reality is, they've never they they wouldn't be necessarily the same level of legitimate target to terrorists because they haven't served in the armed forces. And remember, some of the things that he said when he was in the armed forces were uh, were very unwise. And they and they actually some of the terrorists came out and said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna target him, and that's why. Um, You're talking about him saying that uh, to take a life to save a life. And all this stuff. Up in there. Well, I think Osborne said it's like a video game. Oh, video game. game, yeah. I think it was incredibly yeah, yeah. sensitive, you know. So all I'm saying is there that we would it would be why. I mean, the death of Diana, I was around at the time. You know, if she'd had Scotland Yard, she'd be alive. That's the reality of it. Well, it's the King's birthday next week. He's going to be 75 on the 14th of November. And there have been reports uh, that Harry and Meghan have been snubbed for the King's 75th birthday party. Their spokesperson said no invite was actually extended to them in the first place. What does this tell us about the state of the relationship between these two camps? They're estranged. Harry and Meghan are estranged from Harry's family and there is no relationship anymore, which I think is very sad, honestly. I would love to see them patch things up. I'd love to see them repair the relationship. Mm. And I'd love to see, you know, I think Harry and William sitting down together is a very long way off. Uh, I'd like to see Harry and Charles, you know, make a sit down and see if they can work out their differences and forge some kind of a stronger, better relationship. But obviously so much has been said and so much yeah. has happened, so much went into Harry's book. You know, it's, there's a lot of ill will and a lot of bad blood there to work through. Yeah.
think you're absolutely right. Meanwhile, in positive Harry and Meghan news, the couple helped the Navy SEAL Foundation unveil a state-of-the-art warrior fitness program West Coast facility on Wednesday in downtown San Diego. The 20,000-square-foot centre features advanced technology, equipment and personnel to help Navy SEALs and veterans recover and rebuild mentally and physically from injuries and trauma. Uh, Robert, this really ties in with Invictus Games, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I spoke to Harry on a plane going across to New Zealand after I broke the story that he was quitting the army. And I said, what are you going to do next? And he said to me, very straightforwardly, you know, I really don't know. You'll probably know before me. And I thought, oh, enough of the sarky comments. But he then started talking seriously about, you know, about um, rehabilitation of, of servicemen. And he had, remember that Invictus hadn't actually started then. So it was something that he's taken... He, took the idea from America and he's developed it and done a damn good job with it. And I think everybody will agree, particularly the veterans who have suffered mentally and physically, um, he's, he's done a terrific job. Now, of course, he's... And I hope it continues, I really do. Um, now he's in America. I think uh, having been over to America and where um, he went and visited... I was with him when he visited a hospital in Washington. Um, and the way they treat their service ex-personnel and, and their injured service personnel is so superior to what we do in this country. Mm. They, they really respect them. They really give them the state-of-the-art equipment. You know, there'll be people that have suffered, but they really, really treat them with respect. And I think that this is a terrific thing that is done out there and Megan and him. And I think that the centre, from what I could see, was a joy. When you look at people that over here, there's a mate of mine, Ben McBean, uh, who's lost an arm and a leg, and um, uh, was actually on the plane with Harry when he came back out of Afghanistan. You know, after you've come back, and there's no, they just, they just you know, get the basics patch up. Mm. There's no camaraderie which they miss terribly. We're, we're dreadful in what we do for our service personnel. You know, we say we do our best, we all wear our poppies, but in America they go the extra mile. I've got mm. two of my cousins, uh, a Royal Marine, uh, US Marine Corps, so I know what they do. You know. And we are far less than that. And what they're doing out there, terrific. And well done him. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Megan. Well done him. Well done. Absolutely. Now, Omid Scobie's new book, Endgame, will deal with allegations of race and bigotry within the royal family. The unofficial spokesman for Harry and Meghan, who wrote a biography of the couple called Finding Freedom in 2020, unveiled the cover of his latest book this week, calling it a penetrating investigation into the current state of the British monarchy. Jack, I can't wait. I'm excited about I it. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. I will get my copy in advance and I will have to keep my mouth shut until <laughs> publication date. But it's getting, you know, finding freedom. Some people liked it, some people criticised it, but it had news lines, reportable news lines on every page virtually in every yeah. chapter. Yeah. So I think it's going to make huge waves. We're going to be talking about it for weeks afterwards. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what new stuff he's got in there. Yeah, absolutely. But Robert, some people have argued that because Harry and Meghan said they're not doing any more look back projects, perhaps that should apply to their friends too. Should that apply to, well, to I mean, Omid Scobie? Friend, is he? I mean, he's a mouthpiece now. He was a mouthpiece. He's not a friend. I mean, he's just squeezing the last bit out of the, the orange. You know, it's as simple as that. It's going to be an interesting read. I like Omid. I like him personally. I work with him at ABC. Um, good morning, America. Um, but, you know, to say he's their unofficial spokesman, that's pushing it, to be honest. I think and he has if, you read spare, if you read Spare and you read other books, there, there were contradictions all the way through there. And I would always say he's, he did, he's not that. In, mm. I think he's a pretty good journalist. I think he gets on with it and tries to discover the best. And as an author myself of 
many books. I mean, I will read it with uh, great interest and I hope it sells bucket loads. Yes. Me too. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. My thanks to Jack and Robert. If you want to join in with the debate, please leave a comment and make sure you subscribe if you don't want to miss a single episode. We'll be back next week with all the latest on the royal family. Hope you can join us. See you then. <laughs>